Looks like somebody's not building that wall. Booyah. Welcome. Hello, humans. Hello, earthlings. Hello, aliens. Uh, come on in. It is crystal clear here. You're listening to more Morlons. Today, I want to continue talking about the insidious, nefarious conspiracy that our federal government here in the United States of America perpetrated in the mid-century 50s, 60s, a little bit of the 70s called Project MK Ultra and related projects MK Naomi, MK Delta. Let's talk about Project uh, MK Naomi today. We did a little rough uh, run through of MK Ultra on our previous episode and uh, it blew my mind. I mean, you know, this is the exact kind of stuff that um, many, many people with Morgulon's disease believe is the true origin of Morgulon's. And, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the people who feel they're being gang stalked um, and who suggest that space-based mind control weapons are at play. Um, sounds crazy, every single bit of it. Uh, but then again, if we could get in a time machine, travel back to 19, you know, 60s and say, to these people that were actually being unwitting uh, human subjects in this grand uh, experiment of how fucked up can people be to one another, um, they would be saying the exact same thing that these uh, targeted individuals are talking about. And let's be honest, these uh, experiments were designed in many ways for the express explicit purpose of discrediting and marginalizing the targeted <laughs> individual. I mean, it's specifically an experiment about, in many ways, making people feel and look crazy as attempts to control the minds of other people is inherently insane. So riddle me this, Batman. If the United States ever does come under attack by an enemy um, using such weapons, how exactly are the victims of such an attack supposed to alert the authorities without being thrown into mental institutions and accused of being delusional? I don't know. Obviously, they would be. Just like if Jesus comes back, uh, you know, for the second coming and says, hey, I'm here to save everybody. And they're like, we're going to have to 1013 this guy. 1013 in Georgia means we're going to have to involuntarily commit him to a mental institution. Uh, nothing like a little habeas corpus to uh, welcome back the savior. All right, stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
All right, let's do this. Uh, I want to talk about Project MK Naomi. Project MK Naomi was the code name for a joint Department of Defense CIA research program lasting from the 1950s through the 1970s. Unclassified information about the MK Naomi program and the related special operations division is scarce. It is generally reported to be a successor to the MK Ultra project and to have focused on biological projects, including biological warfare agents, specifically to store materials that could either incapacitate or kill a test subject and to develop devices for the diffusion of such materials. During the first 20 years of its establishment, the CIA engaged in various projects designed to increase U.S. biological and chemical warfare capabilities. Project MK Naomi was initiated to provide the CIA with a covert support base to meet its top secret operational requirements. The purpose was to establish a robust arsenal within the CIA's Technical Services Division, TSD, of various lethal and incapacitating materials. This would enable the TSD to serve as a highly maintained center for the circulation of biological and chemical materials. Surveillance, testing, upgrading, and the evaluation of special materials and items were also provided by MK Naomi so as to ensure that no defects and unwanted contingencies emerged during operational conditions. For these purposes, the U.S. Army's Special Operations Command, SOC, was assigned to assist the CIA in development, testing, and maintenance procedures for the biological agents and delivery systems, 1952. Both the CIA and SOC, that's part of the U.S. Army's Special Operations Command, also modified guns that fired special darts coated with biological agents and various poisonous pills. The darts would incapacitate guard dogs, allow agents to infiltrate the area that the dogs were guarding, and then would be used to awaken the dogs upon exiting the facility. In addition, the SOC was designated to research the potentials for using biological agents against other animals and crops. I will say this has a note uh, that says citation needed. It's from Wikipedia. Uh, don't forget to harass Wikipedia about the Morgulons entry. We're still trying to get it changed, updated, and made accurate. The uh, a 1967 CIA memo, which was uncovered by the Church Committee, was evidence of at least three covert techniques for attacking and poisoning crops that had been examined under field conditions. That means in real life. On November 25th, 1969, President Richard Nixon abolished any military practice involving biological weapons and Project MK Naomi was dissolved. On February 14th, 1970, a presidential order was given to outlaw all stockpiles of bacteriological weapons and non-living toxins. However, despite this presidential order, a CIA scientist was able to acquire an estimated 11 grams of deadly shellfish toxin from SOC personnel at Fort Detrick. The toxin was then stored in a, in a CIA laboratory where it remained undetected for over five years. Uh, what a bunch of cowboys. That's the entire... Uh, entry? What? All right, let's read about this one, too. Uh, project Artichoke, also referred to as Operation Artichoke, was a CIA project that researched interrogation methods. Preceded by Project Bluebird, Artichoke officially arose on August 20th, 1951. It was operated by the CIA's Office of Scientific Intelligence. The primary goal of Project Artichoke was to determine whether a person could be involuntarily made to perform an act of attempted assassination. The project also studied hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, and subsequent forced withdrawal, and the 
use of other chemicals, including LSD, to produce amnesia and other vulnerable states and subjects. Project Artichoke led to Project MKUltra, which began in 1953. Artichoke was a mind control program that gathered information together with the intelligence divisions of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and FBI. In addition, the scope of the project was outlined in a memo dated January 1952 that asked, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? You guys are fucked up. Project Artichoke was the CIA's secret code name for carrying out in-house and overseas experiments using LSD, hypnosis, and total isolation as forms of physiological harassment for special interrogations on human subjects. At first, agents used cocaine, marijuana, heroin, peyote, and mescaline. They're basically having like a rave over there in Langley. Uh, but they increasingly saw LSD as the most promising drug. The subjects who left this project were fogged with amnesia, resulting in faulty and vague memories of the experience. In 1952, LSD was increasingly given to unknowing CIA agents to determine the drug's effects on unsuspecting people. One record states that an agent was kept on LSD for 77 days. Wow, that is crazy. Y'all, I'm going to be perfectly honest and let you know. I tried LSD when I was in high school, and I spent like 16 hours trying to pronounce an imaginary word that was kind of spelled uh, Q-R-K. 77 days of that. A declassified artichoke memo read not all viruses have to be lethal the objective includes those that act as short-term and long-term incapacitating agents the cia disputed which department would take over the operation finally it was decided that an agent from the cia research staff former u.s army brigadier general paul f gainer would oversee it the cia sought to establish control over what it perceived as the quote weaker and quote less intelligent segments of society or for potential agents, defectors, refugees, POWs, and others. A CIA report states that if hypnosis succeeded, assassins could be created to assassinate, quote, a prominent redacted politician or, if necessary, an American official. The overseas operations took place in locations throughout Europe, Japan, Southeast Asia, and the Philippines. Teams were assembled to manage these operations, and they were told to, quote, conduct at the overseas bases operational experiments utilizing aliens as subjects. Oh my God. Let's go back to Project MK Ultra. Um, into the uh, experiments on Americans. Early CIA effort. Okay, CIA documents suggest that they investigated chemical, biological, and radiological methods of mind control as part of MKUltra. They spent an estimated 10 million or more, roughly 87.5 million adjusted for inflation. LSD. Early CIA efforts focused on LSD 25, which later came to dominate many of MK Ultra's programs. The CIA wanted to know if they could make Soviet spies defect against their will and whether the Soviets could do the same to the CIA's own operatives. Once Project MK Ultra got underway in April 1953, experiments included administering LSD to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and sex workers, quote, people who could not fight back, as one agency officer put it. Isn't it interesting how um, Morgulons uh, has been uh, sold to the public as, uh, you know, kind of a quasi uh, disease of drug addicts? You keep seeing that like repeated over and over again. Um, it's a good way to undermine and discredit the authority of witnesses. Um, these people are stigmatized, therefore they are vulnerable, therefore their credibility is in question. We need to start basing our credibility test on 
the actual things that people say, not the labels we attach to those people. But that's a whole other story. Um, so once, uh, la, 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 la. in one case, they administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 days. Well, if this mental patient was not a mental patient before that, 174 days later, uh, guess that was guaranteed. They also administered LSD to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, other government agents, and members of the general public to study their reactions. <sighs> LSD and other drugs were often administered without the subject's knowledge or informed consent, a violation of the Nuremberg Code the U.S. had agreed to follow after World War II. The aim of this was to find drugs which would bring out deep confessions or wipe the subject's mind clean and program them, program them as a, quote, a robot agent. In Operation Midnight Climax, the CIA set up several brothels. Oh, my God, guys. Really? Midnight Climax? Ugh, this is what happens when you give dorks power. Um, they set up several brothels within agency safe houses in San Francisco to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. The, men's, the men were dosed with LSD. The brothels were equipped with one-way mirrors. And the sessions were filmed for later viewing and study. Sickos. Sickos. In other experiments where people were given LSD without their knowledge, they were interrogated under bright lights with doctors in the background taking notes. They told subjects they would extend their, quote, trips if they refused to reveal their secrets. The people under this interrogation were CIA employees, U.S. military personnel, and agents suspected of working for the other side in the Cold War. Long-term debilitation and several deaths resulted from this. Heroin addicts were bribed into taking LSD with offers of more heroin. At the invitation of Stanford psychology graduate student Vic Lovell, an acquaintance of Richard Alpert and Allen Ginsberg, Ken Kesey volunteered to take part in what turned out to be a CIA finance study under the aegis of... MK Ultra at the Menlo Park Veterans Hospital, where he worked as a night aide. The project studied the effects of psychoactive drugs, particularly LSD, psilocybin, that's what's in magical mushrooms, y'all, mescaline, cocaine, AMT, and DMT, also known as ayahuasca, uh, on people. They're all hallucinogens. The Office of Security used LSD in interrogations, but Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, the chemist who directed MKUltra, had other ideas. He thought it could be used in covert operations. Since its effects were temporary, he believed it could be given to high-ranking officials and in this way affect the course of important meetings, speeches, etc. Since he realized there was a difference in testing the drug in a laboratory and using it in clandestine operations, he initiated a series of experiments where LSD was given to people in, quote, normal settings without warning. At first, everyone in technical services tried it. A typical experiment involved two people in a room where they observed each other for hours and took notes. As the experimentation progressed, a point arrived where outsiders were drugged with no explanation whatsoever, and surprise acid trips became something of an occupational hazard among CIA operatives. Adverse reactions often occurred, such as an operative who received the drug in his morning coffee, became psychotic, and ran across Washington seeing a monster in every car passing him. The experiments continued even after Frank Olson, an army chemist who had never taken LSD, was covertly dosed by his CIA supervisor and nine days later plunged to his death from a window of a 13th story in New York City hotel room, supposedly as a result of deep depression induced by the drug. According to Stephen Kinzer, Olson had approached his superiors sometime earlier doubting the morality of the project and asked to resign from the CIA. Suicide? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Sounds a little... Fishy. These guys will stop at nothing. Some subjects' participation was consensual, and in these cases, they appeared to be singled out for even more extreme experiments. In one case, seven volunteers in Kentucky were given LSD for 77 consecutive 
days. Uh, I would love to hear how that turned out. MK Ultra's researchers later dismissed LSD as too unpredictable in its results. They gave up on the notion that LSD was, quote, the secret that was going to unlock the universe. But it still had a place in the cloak and dagger arsenal. However, by 1962, the CIA and the Army developed a series of super hallucinogens, such as the highly touted BZ, which was thought to hold greater promise as a mind control weapon. This resulted in withdrawal of support by many academics and private researchers, and LSD research became less of a priority altogether. Other drugs. Another technique investigated was the intravenous administration of a barbiturate, that's a sedative, into one arm and an amphetamine into the other. Oh, speedballing. Okay. Uh, the barbiturates were released into the person at first, and as soon as the person began to fall asleep, the amphetamines were released. The person would begin babbling incoherently, and it was sometimes possible to ask questions and get useful answers. Other experiments involved heroin, morphine, temazepam, that's a benzodiazepine, used under the codename MK Search, mescaline, cyclocybin, scopalamine, that's what's in Dramamine, y'all, alcohol, and sodium pentothal. That is what is used when they do uh, lethal injections. Hypnosis. Declassified MK Ultra documents indicate they studied hypnosis in the early 1950s. Experimental goals included the creation of hypnotically induced anxieties, hypnotically increasing ability to learn and recall complex written matter, studying hypnosis and polygraph examinations, hypnotically increasing ability to observe and recall complex arrangements of physical objects, and studying, quote, relationship of personality to susceptibility to hypnosis. They conducted experiments with drug-induced hypnosis and with interrograde and retrograde amnesia while under the influence of such drugs. Uh, I believe interrograde and retrograde, the difference... Okay, so retrograde amnesia is a loss of memory access to events that occurred or information that was learned in the past. Interrograde, I'm assuming, would be the future. Um, experiments on Canadians. Oh, sorry, Canada. We experimented on y'all, too. What the fuck? Uh, the CIA exported experiments to Canada when they recruited British psychiatrist Donald Ewan Cameron, creator of the, quote, psychic driving concept, which the CIA found interesting. Cameron had been hoping to correct schizophrenia by erasing existing memories and reprogramming the psyche. He commuted from Albany, New York, to Montreal every week to work at the Allen Memorial Institute of McGill University and was paid 69000 from 1957 to 1964, which would be U.S. $558,915 in 2018, adjusting for inflation. That's a lot of money, y'all, to carry out MK Ultra experiments there, the Montreal experiments. And there's a great podcast about that whole thing. Uh, I started listening to it. I haven't finished it, but... Um, Really cool. Check it out. Can't remember what it's called, but I'm assuming you can find it. These research funds were sent to Cameron by a CIA front organization, the Society for the Investigation of Human Ecology. And as shown in internal CIA documents, Cameron did not know the money came from the CIA. In addition to LSD, Cameron also experimented with various paralytic drugs as well as electroconvulsive therapy at 30 to 40 times the normal power. Beautiful. God, what a sicko. Psychiatry attracts some really strange people, y'all. I'm just going to say that. I know a lot of psychiatrists, and a lot of them are nuts. Uh, while playing tape loops of noise or simple repetitive statements, these experiments were often carried on patients who entered the Institute for Minor Problems.
Okay, so the people that he experimented on, Cameron, this doctor, carried on a patient who entered the Institute for minor problems such as anxiety disorders and postpartum depression, many of whom suffered permanent effects from his actions. His treatments resulted in victims' incontinence, amnesia, forgetting how to talk, forgetting their parents, and thinking their interrogators were their parents. During this era, Cameron became known worldwide as the first chairman of the World Psychiatric Association, as well as president of the American and Canadian Psychiatric Associations. Cameron was also a member of the Nuremberg Medical Tribunal in 1946 through 1947. Y'all starting to understand why I don't trust psychiatry? Hmm. Motivation and assessments. His work was inspired and paralleled by the British psychiatrist William Sargent at St. Thomas's Hospital, London, and Belmont Hospital, Surrey, who was also involved in the intelligence services and who experimented on his patients without their consent, causing similar long-term damage. In the 1980s, several of Cameron's former patients sued the CIA for damages, which the Canadian news program, The Fifth Estate, documented. I love that show. It's a really good show, you guys. Their experiences and lawsuit were made into a 1998 television miniseries called The Sleep Room. Naomi Klein argues in her book, The Shock Doctrine, that Cameron's research and his contributions to the MK Ultra project was not about mind control and brainwashing, but about designing a, quote, scientifically based system for extracting information from, quote, resistant sources. In other words, torture. Alfred W. McCoy writes, stripped of its bizarre excesses, Dr. Cameron's experiments, building upon Donald O. Hebb's earlier breakthrough, laid the scientific foundation for the CIA's two-stage psychological torture method, referring to first creating a state of disorientation in the subject and then creating a situation of, quote, self-inflicted discomfort in which the disoriented subjects can alleviate their pain by capitulating. Uh, secret detention camps. I'm going to skip over this part for one second. Revelation. In 1973, amid a government-wide panic caused by Watergate, CIA director Richard Helms ordered all MKUltra's files destroyed. Pursuant to this order, most CIA documents regarding the project were destroyed, making a full investigation of MKUltra impossible. A cache of some 20,000 documents survived Helms' purge as they had been incorrectly stored in a financial records building and were discovered following a Freedom of Information Act request in 1977. These documents were fully investigated during the Senate hearings of 1977. In December 1974, the New York Times alleged that the CIA has had conducted illegal domestic activities, including experiments on U.S. citizens during the 1960s. The report prompted investigations by the United States Congress in the form of the Church Committee and by a commission known as the Rockefeller Commission that looked into the illegal dom- domestic activities of the CIA, um, the FBI, and intelligence-related agencies of the military. In the summer of 1975, Congressional Church Committee reports and the Presidential Rockefeller Commission report revealed to the public for the first time that the CIA and the Department of Defense had conducted experiments on both unwitting and cognizant human subjects as part of an extensive program to find out how to influence and control human behavior through the use of psychoactive drugs such as LSD and mescaline and other chemical, biological, and psychological means. They also revealed that at least one subject, Frank Olson, had died after administration of LSD. Much of what the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission learned about MK Ultra was contained in a report prepared by the Inspector General's office in 1963 that had survived the destruction of records ordered in 1973. However, it contained little detail. Sidney Gottlieb, who had retired from the CIA two years previously and had headed MK Ultra, was interviewed by the committee but claimed to have very little collection of the activities of MK Ultra. Of course, uh, put him on trial for crimes against humanity is my thought. The Congressional Committee investigating the CIA research, chaired by Senator Frank Church, concluded that prior consent was obviously not obtained by from any of the subjects. The committee noted that the experiment sponsored by these researchers called into question the decision by the agencies not to fix guidelines for experiments. 
Following the recommendations of the Church Committee, President Gerald Ford in 1976 issued the first executive order on intelligence activities, which, among other things, prohibited, quote, experimentation with drugs on human subjects, except with the informed consent in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party of each such human subject, in accordance with the guidelines issued by the National Commission. Subsequent orders by President Carter and Reagan expanded the directive to apply to any human experimentation. In 1977, during a hearing held by the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence to look further into MKUltra, Admiral Stansfield Turner, the director of Central Intelligence, revealed that the CIA had found a set of records consisting of about 20,000 pages that had survived the 1973 destruction orders because they had been incorrectly stored at a record center not usually used for such documents. These files dealt with the financing of MKUltra projects and contained few project details, but much more was learned from them then from the Inspector General's 1963 support. On the Senate floor in 1977, Senator Ted Kennedy said, the deputy director of the CIA revealed that over 30 universities and institutions were involved in a, quote, extensive testing and experimentation program, which included covert drug tests on unwitting citizens, quote, at all social levels, high and low, Native Americans and foreign. Several of these tests involve the administration of LSD to unwitting subjects in social situations. At least one death, the result of the defenestration of Dr. Frank Olson, was a defenestration, by the way, is an act of throwing someone or something out of a window. Uh, great that we have a word specifically for that, isn't it? Um, was attributed to Olson's being subjected unaware to such experimentation nine days before his death. The CIA itself subsequently acknowledged that these tests had little scientific rationale. Duh. The agents conducting the monitoring were not qualified scientific observers. In Canada, the issue took much longer to surface, becoming widely known in 1984 in a CBC News show, The Fifth Estate. It was learned that not only had the CIA funded Dr. Cameron's efforts, but also that the Canadian government was fully aware of this and had later provided another $500,000 in funding to continue the experiments. This revelation largely derailed efforts by the victims to sue the CIA as their U.S. counterparts had, and the Canadian government eventually settled out of court for 100000 to each of the 127 victims. That's not enough. Dr. Cameron died on September 8th, 1967, after suffering a heart attack while he and his sons were mountain climbing. None of Cameron's personal records of his involvement with MKUltra survived since his family destroyed them after his death. Shame, shame, shame. 1994, U.S. General Accounting Office report. The U.S. General Accounting Office issued a report on September 28th, 1994, which stated that between 1940 and 1974, DOD and other national security agencies studied thousands of human subjects in tests and experiments involving hazardous substances. The quote from this study, working with the CIA, the Department of Defense gave hallucinogenic drugs to thousands of, quote, volunteer soldiers in the 1950s and 1960s. In addition to LSD, the Army also tested quinucleidinyl benzylate, a hallucinogen codenamed BZ, uh, note 37. Many of these tests were conducted under the so-called MKUltra program established to counter perceived Soviet and Chinese advances in brainwashing techniques. Between 1953 and 1964, the program consisted of 149 projects involving drug testing and other studies on unwitting human subjects. Um... Aftermath. I'm going to skip down to this part. After retiring in 1972, Gottlieb dismissed his entire effort for the CIA's MKUltra program as useless. The CIA insists that MKUltra-type experiments have been abandoned, but Canadian investigative journalist Elizabeth Nixon, whose mother was a subject, claims that they continue today under a different name. Nixon's mother, Virginia Elizabeth Hooker, was admitted to Allen Memorial Institute for Anxiety after miscarrying during her first pregnancy. There, Ewan Cameron served as Hooker's psychiatrist. Her anxiety was cured by insulin. 
uh, and she returned home. Eight years later, Hooker's anxiety recurred and she was readmitted to Allen Memorial and placed under Cameron's care. Nixon claims that Cameron experimented with gaining access to Hooker's behavior rather than treating any mental illness. Psychiatric reports suggest that shock treatments were tested on Hooker. It is also alleged that Cameron attempted surgery to rewire Hooker's brain and drugged her with Sparine, a drug known to impair the human immune system that has since been discontinued. After 17 years of treatment with Cameron, Hooker was sent home. She died in January 20. So sad. Uh, we should probably look into uh, Elizabeth Nickens, Nixon's allegations that these experiments continue today under a different name. Do they? Is that what is behind, in part, Morglons and or Giggs talking? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so, and I hope not. But um, it is very, very curious, isn't it, how... Um, the CDC just happened to uh, collaborate inexplicably with AFIP, the Air Force Institute of, or I'm sorry, Armed Forces Institute of Patho, or Pathology. Um, you know, there's just not enough evidence to link up Morglons or any other phenomena such as gang stalking. Um, let me rephrase that. There's no evidence that is known to me or generally. Uh, I sure as hell hope that Morgulans has nothing to do with um, anything like MK Ultra 2.0 or MK Naomi. If it does, what a fucking stupid waste of taxpayer dollars. What are y'all trying to achieve? There's absolutely no uh, scientific value, as Gottlieb, the former head of the program, um, mentioned and admitted. So when people say, but why would they do that? Well, you know, they don't even fucking know why they did this stuff in the past. So why would they do it now? I don't know. I mean, I'm not even sure if they know. This is crazy, y'all. Stuff like this really and truly is disturbing. Um, I can totally see how it can contribute. This, this real life conspiracy being revealed um, has to have done so much damage to uh, the collective consciousness of um, humankind because it really undermines like just the sense of personal integrity of like my mind is my own, my body is my own, um, and it is not to be fucked with. Uh, it's just a violation, in my opinion, on the order of war crimes. Um, these men should have been put on trial uh, a la Nuremberg style and um, not a big believer in state-sponsored uh, homicide, a.k.a. capital punishment. But, uh, yeah, these guys, like Gottlieb, should not have been able to go hiking in the mountains with their sons when they have ruined the lives of so many others for no fucking purpose. Man, you know, I still believe, like Anne Frank, that most people out there in the world are good. Maybe that's naive, um, but I have to continue believing that, and I have to continue being that because something has to push against and subvert. Uh, the forces of evil. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to look more into this and get more background information. We might talk about it another time. Thanks for joining me on this journey, this this horrifying journey. Okay, have a great, great Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Can't wait to hang out again soon. Stay tuned.